Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Right, well, I'm all ready to start then as soon as you are, Mr. Salmon. Right, then. We'll call it um, a starting flying start and part. Does that mean we started then? Um, I don't know. Have we started? Yeah. Oh, hello. Somebody <laughs> making, hang on a minute. There's someone making a noise on the bridge. Shut up. <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to Whatever Works. We're back again, Aidan and I. Um, now, has there been a break since the last show or not? I can't remember. I, I can't keep up. No, I was responsible for the break previously because I was off oh, was prior, gallivanting yeah. around the world. But no, no, this is a regular fortnightly Two edition. Weeks, right. Two weeks. Uh, yeah. Show 145 we're on and it's now the middle of September in 2021 in the UK, bringing this to you from North Wales and Hertfordshire. And, um, yeah, lots of goodies to get through today. Um, Whateverworks.works is where you'll find the um, website that we stuff all the stuff on, so you can go and find that. And um, the MeWe group is the other thing to mention, of course, where we try to encourage people to come and tell us what it is that whatever works in your... That that sentence didn't work, did it? (laughs) To try and tell us whatever works in their lives. Grammatical excellence with Mr. Ted Salmon. (laughs) TedSalmon.com for me. AidenBell.com from Aiden and we'll press on regardless if you want to buy me a coffee that I, I would be very grateful and you can do that at paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon and um, yes that's it really shall we press on with the show let's press on while you put your teeth back in I was I was um, moaning and groaning on the last show about motorway driving in the UK and how useless motorway driving is in the UK and I still stand by that despite Frank Neithart's kind reply saying Aidan as a German I can assure you that there are lots of drivers staying just in the middle or left lane instead of pulling back to the right, although you have to do so. Maybe it's worth in the UK, says Frank. Oh, it is, Frank. But this does not match my experience of one week in the Scottish Highlands, where all drivers have been most respectful and careful. Yeah, I think it's to do with it's to do with different areas and different places. I mean, certainly the, the, the quieter the area, the nicer the driving's going to be, I'm sure. Philip Ray says UK driving is positively angelic compared to here in Malaysia. Lane hogging is common, as is using the emergency lane to pass traffic when queuing. Reversing down the highway if you missed your junction is also common. And add to that the chaos of motorbikes that ignore all the traffic rules, red lights, traffic direction, etc., as the rules clearly don't apply to them. Yes, again, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've had the um, experience of trying to drive in Paris, which is pretty horrendous as well. And I haven't driven, but I've been driven in India, where you just close your eyes and pray that you're going to survive. So I get, yeah, it depends where you are, doesn't it? It does indeed. Um, I've driven in London quite a bit, and you just have a different mentality. And if you and if you don't have that that aggressive, assertive mentality, you just won't get anywhere. And people will be behind you, getting annoyed with you. The complete opposite to North Wales, where everyone is ridiculously polite. So, I mean, it might be to do with the average age of people that live in North Wales. It might be older people are just more polite and and more slow and don't have yeah. deadlines to meet. But 
you know, you can just you you just put your foot off the, anywhere on the road, and the next car will just stop and let you walk across. It's just amazing. I've never seen a place like it. But and it's it's yeah. also peer pressure, isn't it? Because I spent some years living in New Zealand, where the speed limit is sixty. And I spent a year or so yeah. driving no faster than 60. And I came back to the UK and I thought, God, why, people, why are people driving so fast? And, mm. of course, after a few weeks, I was back in the swing of it and I was doing 70 like everybody else. But you, it's just a question of where you are and how everyone else is driving, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Um, when in Rome and all that. Frank exactly. Neidhart continues on Waiha screwdrivers, following um, the item on the last show about the Xiaomi precision oh, screwdrivers. Oh, I wanted those, yes. Yeah. Waiha, he says, is a German tool manufacturer that has been in business for 80 years. They make excellent quality tools and seem to have partnered, in this case, with Xiaomi um, on the set that you talked about. I have the manual screwdriver set as well, and they are very nice. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, that that Xiaomi stuff um, is hooked up with Waiha, if that's how you pronounce it. Is that how you pronounce it, Aiden? I don't know. I'm thinking it sounds more like a like a sort of um, Southern American. Wee-ha! <laughs> I don't quite know. I said Viha. W will be pronounced as a V sound, so Viha, oh, yes. I guess. Viha. Viha and 56 miles an hour driving only in Germany, please. At least it's easier to say than Xiaomi. <laughs> yeah. Now, yes. there, <laughs> there was an interesting... Um, sorry, say again? No, no, I'm, I'm, we're talking over each other like a pair of buffoons. You carry on. I, I'll, I'll say over and then you carry on. Okay. Over. <laughs> and now three gadgets for starting a fire. Over. Three gadgets for starting a fire in the toughest of conditions. I remember this thread. This was great fun. Ian Barton brought us the Light My Fire Ferro Rod Flint and Steel Kit. This is kind of old technology, but with a modern twist. Works in heavy rain, snow, gales, etc., says Ian. I must have been using one for years. Much more reliable than matches for tasks such as lighting gas stoves. Yes, I remember there were two or three items in this thread on me. We great fun to look at. And this, as I say, I mean, it's, it's, it's an old fashioned rubbing things together method of starting fire but obviously with modern materials that are not going to wear out and they're going to work well in wet weather so thank you very much ian the, 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 where this came from was this this um, article on popular science, which had this Zippo thing. Now, I thought that Zippo just made lighters, and you could argue that a box of matches is a lighter. But this thing just looks really nice. It's it's almost one of the, it should be in. Um, I want one of those really because it's a it's a a, a completely weather environment sealed little pod. Yes, yes. And inside it, there's these special matches. And you just have it in your rucksack when you're going off camping or whatever. And it just looks really neat and lovely. And I and I would like one of those. And I've got no use for it at all. But there you have it. There's haven't, also a, haven't we said a plasma that lighter. Times? Yeah, absolutely. There's also a plasma lighter. Um, and that apparently just lights in any conditions. You don't need to worry about the wind blowing the flame out. It will just light and get you a fire going. Um, and there's thirdly, there's a... Um, an Uberlen, well, you'll have to say this. Uberlen. <laughs> I'm just Uber looking for it, Ted. I can't. I don't know where you are in our recording notes. I can't find it, so I'll just leave okay, you to it. 
Überlieben Sunden Firestarter. Überlieben also Sunden. That sounds okay, Ted. Well done. Okay. Um, and that is just like this kind of, um, st- as you were saying about sticks and rubbing them together, and um, that creates fire that way. But anyway, that, that, that link to pop, popular science we'll put in the show notes, and you can have a look at the other three things that um, were the start of Ian Barton's item on that one. <gasps> Moving on. And breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Anchor Power Bank. We love Anchor, don't we? Oh, we do. This is the PowerCore 3 Fusion. Now, I bought one of these because it was on half price offer for 15 quid instead of 30. And unfortunately, it's now back up to 30 quid. But it's got an interesting, nifty idea. Um, so it's a power charge, an 18 watt power charge that you stick in the wall. It's got a USB A and a USB C output, right? Yes. So, like any other char- wall charger. But the trick here is that it's also got a 5,000 milliamp hour power bank built in, which means that you can charge it. It's like, like the scenario is that you go on holiday, you're in a hotel room, for example, you charge it up at night by plugging in the thing into the wall in the hotel um it gets the its own battery topped up so you're out sightseeing the next day and you've got a full phone's recharge with you so when your phone um runs out of battery because you've taken too many videos you can then charge it up when you're out and about it comes with um a removable three pin plug if you're in the uk um and it's also got a little um carry pouch that it comes with too so it's a nifty little thing i just wish that the, the it was more than five thousand milliamp hours so if it was ten thousand i think it'd be much more useful and, and maybe this idea is going to take off and it'll be coming down um that way it, there's the usual bunch of lights on it to indicate the charge date um and, uh, you know, one, two, three, four for, for 25, yeah. 50, 75 and 100 and all that. And then you press the button again to turn it green. And that means that you can then charge it when it's off of the, the, the charger. Really nice little um, device. A little bit bulky. But, yeah, let, let's see a 10,000, please, because I think that would be much more useful. I like this very much. The use case that springs to mind with me is people who stay in hotels will know a lot of hotels. When you leave, you have to pull your card out of the thing in the door and all the power goes off. So this would be perfect for such a situation where you want to leave something charging while you go out to the shops or something. And when the power goes down in the hotel, it keeps going until the power comes back on again. I didn't know that. Is that right? When you go out of the room, they so, turn all the power not off. all hotels, but some hotels where they have a key card, like a credit card, you go in yeah. and then you push your credit card into a little slot inside the room, and that makes all the electricity work. In, that allows all the electricity to come on in the room. I mean, it's a good idea because it means you can't just waltz out and leave everything running. So when you then leave the room, you take your key card out of this little slot, and all the all the power shuts down. What would you go out and leave running? Oh, the telly. Well, you might be charging your phone. Well, I mean, you could leave the telly, you could leave the lights on. It's basically for lights because people will turn all the lights on in a hotel room, which are invariably badly lit. So you have to turn all the lights on in order to see anything. And then when you leave, you then have to go round the room turning all the lights off unless you just have the system where you pull the card out. So, I never knew that. Yeah, so that means if you're charging your phone or whatever it is um, with this thing, it would keep on, it would keep cracking on while you're out. I love it. Probably, probably a reflection of um, how many hotels I've stayed in in the last <laughs> decade. Now, Ted, I've been looking forward to this. Listen to this. 
This is the sound of a box from Amazon. Do you know what's in this box? <laughs> I couldn't possibly guess. Well, I know what I hope. Across the other side of the room now. Hold on. Oh, I'm back now. Ted's right, left. Ted's left in excitement. Dear listener, I'm sure you will remember the saga of the funnels for which I waited for over 150 years only to be told by ah. Amazon that they were no longer available. And then, Ted, you got terribly excited live on air saying, oh, they're there. They're back. They're there. And I, ordered, oh, yeah. and I got equally excited and ordered them straight away. And the irony is they arrived about five. <laughs> Five minutes later, I mean, the second the second ordering they made up for the first, they just sort of got flown in by carrier pigeon before we'd finished recording, and they're here. Right. And I'm now opening the box, and I decided I'd do this live on air. I've never done an unboxing video, and I'm now doing an unboxing podcast. Oh, oh, they're blue. They're all blue. Oh, same colour. They the said colour may vary. Well, my colour... Yeah. Oh, these are very sexy, Ted. One, two, three, four funnels. The first one is indeed really quite weeny. Um, I've lost my ruler. There it is. I've got my ruler here, folks. As if anybody wanted to know, the smallest one is eight centimetres, top to bottom, and the large one is 15. Ladies and gentlemen, my funnels are here! Hurrah! You want to know the funniest part, Ted? I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do with any of them. No, well, I think I was saying to you before that actually I've only ever used the biggest one um, to, to, for, the, for the odd job that yeah. I've done. I'm not sure why you would use the smallest one. I guess if you were smelling up, filling up, um, mini, you know, spirit miniatures. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, you know, the funny thing is that's likely to be the one that I will use because right through COVID, I was constantly topping up soap bottles because I oh, had some right, soap okay. bottles and I was buying the plastic refills. So this little funnel will be very will be useful for that. But there we are, yeah. folks. We can finally put this tale to bed. I've yeah. got my funnels. The funnels have arrived. <laughs> Hurrah! It's been a bit of a saga, almost like an egg saga. We'll come back to that in a minute. Let's go to spiders next. Why your home might feel full of arachnids right yes. now, says an article which we'll link to, um, which I think was on the BBC, actually. Yes, it was. Um, which bursts various myths about uh, um, about spiders crawling into your mouth while you're sleeping and um, where they live when it's not October and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, yeah spider season is with us. We covered this... Um, spray some years back about how to deal with this around your house my sister swears by it i tried it one year and i think it worked but as always with these things it's hard to tell because you may not have been they, they may not have been around at that time anyway but she reckons it works we'll put a link to the um in the show notes to that one i think it was the eco widow spider repellent spray and it's all to do with peppermint uh, you probably remember this we talked about it before didn't we oh pe peppermint peppermint is the key i mean i found that with rats yeah. as well yeah peppermint is it seems to put off a lot of things yeah it's a bit like those um uh, ultrasonic cat repellent devices i bought and we talked about how well there are no cats right. but there might not have been any cats anyway yeah, so yeah, it's difficult yeah, yeah. to know gareth williams also said i've tried sprays and such to no avail so i guess they work for some they don't for others yeah chris kelly um he is much more kind to spiders he puts a hand a hand towel over the edge of the bath if there's one stuck in there and it lets it crawl up in its own good time oh i'm used to doing the thing with the cup and the piece of and the, and the postcard i mean the number of spiders i have removed with a cup and a piece of paper i can't i couldn't tell you um yeah chris which Ke is what kelly sorry chris kelly goes on to say actually 
Yeah, he says, we use the glass and beer map method. There it is to relocate them if any get into the boys room. Yeah, I mean, my mother came into me the other day and said she couldn't go near her bedroom until I got rid of the spider. And to give, <laughs> give her credit, it was a whopper. It was a sort of daddy long legs sized spider. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I would have been uncomfortable with that, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah we all get used to doing that, don't we? And apparently there's no, uh, in this um, article it said there's very few spiders that have got a mouth big enough to bite anyone, yes. a human. They, so, you know, that there's no way you're going to get bitten. It's just the creepy crawly aspect it is. of it. It is, yes it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is just, for some reason, humans I think are a bit allergic to. Ian Barton says there's an old wives tale that putting conkers around the house discourages spiders. We tried this one year and it seemed to work. However, all subsequent efforts have been a complete failure. So, yeah, i would not heard of that one, but conkers around the house? Either, no. Now, I have one that I can tell you does work because we have um, uh, we've talked about the blink security cameras on the show and we have a couple outside and I'm always having issues with the bloody spiders building their webs and then triggering the camera. Because, of course, as soon as a spider crosses the field of vision, Uh, it triggers the bloody thing and I get an alert on my phone and a nice video showing me the bloody spider. So I can tell you that this does work. (laughs) I discovered it's a combination of taking, you know, these um, dryer sheets that you put in the washing machine to yeah. not quite sure what they're for, to make your clothes smell nice. Well, if you take a few of those and affix them, I use cable ties, to around where the camera is, and then, as a second measure, smear Vaseline around and about the camera, just not on the lens, obviously, unless you want soft focus spiders. Uh, <laughs> it does the trick. I mean, I swear... Outside at the moment, we do have quite a lot of spiders building webs here here and there, but not on the cameras, not where I've put the dryer sheets and the Vaseline. So there it is, folks. Yeah. I guess, again, it's to do with smells and chemicals and things that they don't like. I'm not quite... I mean, I can't believe the Vaseline is anything to do with slipping. It must be, again, to do with... Um, chemicals and smells and odours coming from there. But the combination of both Vaseline and washing machine dryer sheets has really kept the spiders at bay at my place. This is the same principle, presumably, as the citronella with... Yes, um, and the mint, What indeed. is it? Mos- yes. Mos- yes. Mosquitoes? Yeah. Peppermint? Uh, anything that's very strongly smelling. And, and also garlic with vampires. You know, anything that's so yes. <laughs> strongly... You were supposed to laugh there. Oh, and sorry. You, you were clearly distracted. <laughs> I was distracted by... Well, I was... Actually, I was distracted because I was going to add, if I went into your mobile home and smeared something undescribable around the place, you would also not want to go in. <laughs> so, ah. you know, all creatures have certain things that they're put off by, don't they? Although humans have got other uses for Vaseline, as we know. Let's move on. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> From Vaseline to Grandma. Now, there's a link I don't even want to comprehend. I, I, I don't know why this is called. This is a, a, a laptop table that I bought. Um, that was the funniest bit, Ted. I couldn't think. What? Who is Grandma Shark, and what's it got to do with a laptop is, table? No, I've no idea. Grandma Shark. I can only imagine that the company decided to choose the most off-the-wall name for their their setup. Isn't it something to do with that enormous hit? That's something about Baby Shark, Baby Shark, Daddy Shark, Grandma Shark. Do you remember that terrible thing that was a huge hit a couple of summers ago? No, I don't. Okay. Then I'm not, afraid then, not. Then but I it could shut be, up yeah. And get back in my box. It could be. In, even if, <laughs> nevertheless, why why take that name? I'll be quiet. I'll drink my tea. It, well, it, it, what I was going to say was that if that is true and that and that term is widely known out there, then it might they might hope that people are home in on it. Anyway, I bought this laptop table, which is made by Grandma Shark. <laughs> And it's a neat little table. What I wanted to, to, to have was a table, because I suffer with um, heat, as you may know. Yes. And um, 
I have to sometimes find a place to, to, to work from which will take my laptop and my mouse and my microphone in some cases um, and put it where it's not so hot. Yeah. I need to move where it's coolest to go and do what I'm doing, right? Um, and so this one was a neat little table. It's a little bit like a hospital table, but it's bigger. It's got an 80 centimetre by 40 centimetre working space, which is actually quite sizable. The um, back of the thing, like a hospital table, you can screw the height of it up and down. It doesn't, um, uh, unlike a hospital table, you can't make it tip forward and back at an angle it's flat all the time um but it but it's apart from that yeah you can make it whatever height you like you can get you you if you've got a a space under your bed or under your sofa you could actually put it under there and have it as a, a, a bed table or something yes but anyway, yes i don't need that i'm sitting at a chair and um i'm using the the, the, the table in front of me and um it works perfectly well so far. It's on wheels as well. I mean, you could take the wheels off if you don't want them, yeah. but um, it is on wheels. Quite easy to put together. It's made of metal tubing and wood, and it looks like it's okay. I, I, I don't think it will survive um, getting damp or anything. The, the wood on that it's made of is not very good, but, you know, who's going to put a table in the damp? Well, I suppose you could put it in the garage or something. But anyway, very, very nice little table. It was 25 quid, half price at the moment. I don't know how long that'll last, but... Uh, but I, actually, I think the quality of it is prob probably worth 50 quid, to be honest. But yeah, £25 at the moment, Amazon UK, link in the show notes. And what tempts me is I presume it goes high enough that you can use it as a standing table, which we've discussed on the show before, which is something I, st I have yet still to experiment I with. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Um, I don't, I, That's because you're too lazy to stand up. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look and see in the... Oh, here we go. The, 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 no, no, it's not. You you wouldn't... Looking at the pictures of it and the height okay. it's gone... Okay. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be. But I tell you what, there is a knock-on issue with this item, which you might have, or the listeners may have some views on and thoughts on, is that sometimes when I'm seeking out that really um, coolest place to go and work from... I want to sit on the bed because there's no room for a chair. But if you sit on the edge of the bed, then after about an hour of doing that, your back is just going to be, you know, flopping back. Yes, there's no support, yes, yes. right? So I was thinking to myself, what could you put? Is there a is there a, like a chair with no legs that you could put? Put you you get the benefits of the back of a chair behind your back but you don't have the legs so you can just put the chair on the side of the bed or is there some other method like strategic use of a beanbag or something that you could support your back with so that you could turn the edge of your bed into, into a, a chair nice idea. With, yeah yeah so i don't know I, I i i did have a look quick look at that this week but i couldn't find anything if you, apart from if a you imagined a chair-shaped piece of wood but with no legs yeah. You would then place that on your bed, your bed creating the legs, and then sit on it, and you could then lean back. Except that I was thinking that through, and I think that the part of the strength of the back of a chair is the fact that it's got the legs go down to the floor, and that, that forms a part of the strength of the back of it. Yeah, you might sink backwards into your mattress and, and fall backwards, and your legs would kick up on the underside of the, of the table, and the computer would go flying, and you'd never speak to me again. And uh, although, if it was, uh, I'm just thinking this through. If, <laughs> if, if the tubing was made of metal, then it wouldn't break. That that could be strong enough. So what you want is a a, a chair with no legs, but it's got to be made of metal, so it's strong enough to sort support your back. Perhaps I can make one. Is there anyone still listening? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Where are we going next? Let's have a jingle. 
Hard-boiled eggs. I told you that I'd come back to hard-boiled <laughs> eggs, didn't I? Um, and I discovered this week, I thought to myself, I was thinking this through. I didn't. I, we've not spoken about this before in relation to eggs. Mm-hmm. But I thought to myself, why don't we make hard-boiled eggs, cook hard-boiled eggs inside a kettle? And so I started looking it up on online. And sure enough, people are out there doing this, and it's a known thing. So I tried it out. I put my boiled eggs in the kettle, half-filled the kettle with water, and one of the advantages here, um, if it works, I thought to myself, was that the efficiency angle is that you're using latent heat to yes. do it, as long, as long as you're not in a hurry, of course. So, you stick your eggs in the water, you boil the kettle once, um, and um, you, you then let the, the kettle switch itself off, and then leave it. In my experiments here, I left it for half an hour, and when I took the um, eggs out afterwards... Um, the the half an hour they were perfectly cooked as if you had done you know 10 minutes on a on a on a gas stove Mm. um now i'm not quite sure how it would work if there was an element in the kettle because this kettle i've got is a flat bottomed yeah i was thinking that yeah yeah. you might end up in a terrible mess someone said um online i noticed that if you do try that you might burn the the eggs with the with the element but anyway laying that laying that aside yeah absolutely um latent heat is something that we can use quite a lot i i use latent heat to a degree um i think by using the microwave on um on on defrost yes and and you cook things more slowly and i mean i don't know maybe that the mathematics don't work on that but certainly letting things cook themselves um, is a good idea um any thoughts yes coincidentally i saw on television just last night i i I don't know what it was i was just you know aimlessly watching stuff late at night and they they were out in alaska and they had a fire going and they just had a wooden bowl with some water in it which you obviously couldn't hold over the fire or it would catch fire wouldn't it and the guy put a stone on the fire and when the stone was good and hot they took the stone and they put it into the bowl of water and voila the water was heated and they made a cup of tea in the wooden bowl so there you go latent heat in action brilliant yeah that's there's some good little things like that we should put onto whatever works um there was only one more thing to say about that, which was about the water after you've done the the hard-boiled eggs in the kettle. Oh, yes. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure why, but my instinct says don't drink it. Um, so I chucked it away. But I'm not quite sure if that's something I should be frightened of. Or, oh, or I think I you should just, just reboil on. it. I mean, if you reboil it, then any impurity is going to be boiled away anyway. Do you think so? I do. What's that thing about using um, egg water per- for putting on plants, I have because no it idea. gets mineral. I, th- I, you see, when people boil their eggs, they're supposed to use the water to to give to plants because there's minerals or something that come out of the eggshell. I, I don't know. I, I was know just thinking that. Do do we want to be drinking that in our cup? I, don't know. Next I mean, I know about vegetable water and making soup, etc., but I don't know anything about egg water. No. There you go. Then you've learned something today. I'm bringing something to the show which is quite funny because, as you know, Ted, I'm not terribly good at reviewing things and I tend to just grab the salient points and forget about everything else. But here's a thing that, really, it's very hard to review it because you plug it in and that's it. I bought an air purifier. Um, You may remember a little while ago um, I instigated a chat on MeWe and some very kind people helped me out. Thank you for that. Discussing the fact that... I found that in my bedroom, the air is getting very stuffy. You know, you get up in the morning, you leave the room maybe to have a pee. No. And you come... Get up in the morning? What's that? <laughs> you get up in the middle of the afternoon and you leave the room to have a wee and you come back in and you think, 
God, blimey, was I really sleeping in here? And you realise how stuffy the air was. And I was becoming aware right. that the room was very stuffy, despite my having a window open, of course. Um, so I started investigating air purifiers. And, of course, as people know, the problem with me is I need to sleep in a lead-sealed tomb. And if a neighbour drops a pin four doors down the road, I will hear it and wake up. So I had to find an mm -hmm. utterly, utterly noiseless one. And I have. It's the Airfree P40 Filterless Air Purifier. Uh, the P40 is the, is the model... I think they do a P60 and I think they'd even do a P even bigger. Uh, the P40 is the smallest, which is rooms up to, I think, 40 square metres, but certainly qualified me. Um, it's a bit like an enormous marshmallow. Uh, imagine a huge, great big marshmallow about the size of a football. That's what it looks like. Um, it does have a lot. This has one other feature, which is a light. You plug it into the wall and that's it. You plug it in, it switches itself on and that's all you do. You just put it there, plug it in, job done. It does have a night light. There's a touch sensitive side. So if you touch the side in the right place, um, there are 10 levels of uh, nice blue ambient night light, which comes out of the top. I'm not interested in that, obviously, because I also need complete darkness in order to sleep. So I won't be using the light, but it does work fine. And as I say, it's got 10 levels from one to up to 10. And then the 10th touch turns it off completely. Um, it gets hot. It gets hot to the point where you can put your hand above it. Or indeed, if you lean over, you can feel with your face a slight wafting of hot air coming up. It's not enough to burn you, but enough to certainly notice that there's something going on in there. That's the only way of knowing that it's working. Or heat the room up. I've read about that and they say it. Well, they actually say it only produces the amount of heat of one human being. Now, I would have thought that's a hell of a lot of heat. Um, mm. But they also wax lyrical about how it's very good, economical and isn't going to run up your electricity bill. So they seem to have slightly conflicting views there. But um, it, it, basically, as I say, that's it. it. It's been on. I noticed from about day one onwards, I put it on in the afternoon. So I went to bed that night. And so help me, the next morning I did the test. I left the room, took a breath, came back in again. And I think the air is better in my bedroom. Um, mm -hmm. As I say, there are no, there's no, you can't change anything, you can't do anything. You either turn it on or you turn it off, and that's it. But it seems to work, and it is utterly, utterly silent. If it weren't for the fact that you, one can feel this heat coming out of it, one wouldn't know whether or not it was working at all. Um, so there it is, the air-free air purifier, and I can vouch that it is indeed helping the air in my bedroom and letting me sleep better and live longer. How, long, how, how does it work? Do you have to replace any... No, any nothing has to be replaced. Again, this is, this is Aidan the bad reviewer, not really taking a lot of attention to how it works or what it does, but the air goes in underneath and I think gets cooked. In some way, they're using heat um, to, oh, right. to, to, to clean the air and, and, and send it back out again. Right, these microscopic microorganisms are easily eliminated... Um, Contrary to other technologies, the smallest of the microorganisms, um, the easiest way, are destroyed inside the TSS ceramic core capillary, capillaries. There it is, then. That, that's what how it works. Of course, we should have thought of we that, shouldn't we? Thought the of that. TSS ceramic core capillaries. And there we go. And I also can stand corrected on my own um, patar here. It's a 16 metre square room. The P60 that I have it goes for 16 square metres. They go all the way up through the 60, 80, 125 and 150. And the 150 is for a 60 metre square room. So um, it weighs one pound, one point six kilogram. It's not small. It's 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 neither is it small nor big. I mean, it's, as I say, it's like having a football on your desk. So you certainly notice it's there. But as long as you've got space for it, it's not going to cause any undue issues. 
in amongst the reviews, there's one dissenter. Everyone else is giving it five stars and says it's absolutely brilliant, except one person who's saying, it's rubbish, doesn't work, didn't help my son's um, asthma at all. Oh, well. <laughs> what can you say? Very, yeah, it's not cheap, though, is it? No, £139. But that comes under yeah. my category of you can't put a price on good health. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I've got an excuse for everything, Ted. <laughs> I just don't think I'd like the heat. Particularly in the summer. I don't, I don't notice any difference in heat. Absolutely none whatsoever in the room. The only thing, I, as I say, right. is if I go up to it and put my hand over it, I can certainly feel that there's a bit of warmth yeah, coming yeah. out. I wouldn't even okay. call it heat. I'd call it warmth. Um, no, it, I, I, I really don't believe it's making my room any hotter. Very good. Right, this is the time that we look into what someone's bought on the Amazon Associates link. Thank you for that, everyone. If you want to do that, then you can do that by going to um, tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon TED UK, and then we get a kickback from whatever you buy. It doesn't cost you any more, so please do that. Someone brought this time a interesting item, um, a pre-seasoned cast iron skillet frying pan, frying pan, 12 inches. So... This is basically a frying pan, but it's a solid-looking, um, obviously cast-iron one. Unbeatable heat retention, says the blurb, meaning the heat is dispersed evenly across the entire surface of its thick base to ensure um, thorough and even cooking with no cool spots. Use it anywhere. So this this is the good bit of it. You can just do pretty much whatever you like with it. Um, you can bake, sauté, grill, broil braise sear it's oven proof barbecue proof grill proof gas proof electric proof <laughs> uh, in, uh, and also even induction stove um proof apparently works on induction now i you remember some years ago i had an induction ring thingy that i bought and there were some things you couldn't use on that so that's really good um so uh, yeah I, it looks like it's 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 done a lot of stuff going on there and um, it's um, uh, 21 quid. So it looks really solid and a really good bit of kit. So whoever bought that, well done and thank this you. This looks lovely. It looks like the sort of thing you get, uh, you know, in some restaurants, they bring you a steak to your table in the skillet, sizzling yeah, away. Yeah, this looks gorgeous. Yeah. Ted, I've got a question. What is pre-seasoned? Do they put herbs on it before you've bought it or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I did actually um, have a quick look up of this and it said that it, 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 um, it means that they cover it cover it with a thin film of oil um, and baking upside down in, in an oven to seal the cut. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> right. you, you put your teeth in upside down earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Seasoning means covering in a thin film of oil and baking upside down in an oven to seal the cast iron to protect it and to prevent food sticking, says Wiki. I did look that up. I thought you might ask. And I, d and I didn't know what pre-seasoning was. It's either, just a but... posh way of saying non-stick then, isn't it? Well, apparently it's a bit more than that. And um, you, you can actually... Um, w this stuff will run out, the seasoning. And apparently you're supposed to then season it again oh, you do the okay. same thing there's there's a method that you use to then do it again um later on like i don't know six months later or whatever um so yeah it's quite interesting anyway yeah there it is and it looks like a really solid bit of kit which um yeah as i say the big thing for me would be that you could just put it anywhere use it for anything do anything with it it doesn't matter where you heat it or how much you abuse yeah. it with di I, direct heat or whatever i love that it's old school i think that's great yeah i love Very good. that so thank you 
I'm bringing you a a, a breath breathalyzer. <laughs> um, uh, driving in France, they have regulation upon regulation. Uh, one of which is, and yes, before you send letters, listeners, I know it's phasing being phased out, but I want to just err on the side of caution. At the moment, they still require you to carry breathalyzers in your car. So in order to adhere to the French rules, because I'm a good boy, I bought two breathalysers. I, I drink very little myself. I never get drunk. I can't see that I ever will. I've never driven anyone who's drunk. I don't think I'm gonna, ever going to need a breathalyser. So it's difficult for me to recommend them and say, hey, why don't you buy these breathalysers? But if you do need them, it's £2.99 pence for a pack of two breathalysers. It's quite nice. Uh, it comes in a nice sort of sealed plastic thing. So if you're not going to open them, you can bung them in the glove compartment and forget about them. Um, they look a bit they, they look like actually the picture on Amazon they look like covid testing kits but breathalyzers to stick in your car if you want them what for exactly for breathalyzing i mean I, why would you do that I, I i don't know ted what have you brought no 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 i'm serious i, I want to know because oh you mean why do the french the... want you to carry them yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, unless the police are going to recognise these as legally binding. If you say to them, look, I've tested myself and here was the result 10 minutes ago. It's clear. I have no, you, even, I don't know. They are French. You just do what they say. I don't know, Ted. I really, I mean, you've got to carry breathalysers. You've got to, uh, you've got to have uh, enough high-vis jackets for all the occupants of the vehicle uh, accessible within the vehicle. You've got to have a complete set of spare bulbs. Um, it, it's mental. It's just crazy. And one of the things is, don't ask me, move on. <laughs> OK, so um, I, I'm having thought about this and I, I just don't get it. Why? Because in the UK, the police um, go to some ex some lengths to tell you that they don't trust those home kits and those self kits. So why in France? Uh, does does that mean that the French police don't have to carry the kits with them themselves? They just trust the one that's in the car? I, I don't think it is. I just don't see the point of people carrying them. You, anyway. Now, this is very good because you're now illustrating the point I just made before my review of the Air Free. Aidan just blindly accepting things and not caring about anything else and Ted having a much more interesting <laughs> and inquisitive mind and wanting to understand things. So, dear <laughs> listener, <coughs> Chris Kelly, <coughs> does anybody know why you have to carry... <laughs> a breathalyzer when you drive through France. Chris will know. He'll tell us. Right. I've got a scoop. It's a, Actually, it's very much like your funnels and my funnels. No, it's I'm blue. not ordering any more funnels, Ted. Please, no. <laughs> it's a blue scoop and it's um, three quid, uh, so cheapest chips, and it's surprisingly handy. You can scoop up all sorts of stuff like cereals, flour, sugar, sultanas. With, Mum and I still make cakes and it can be very handy for that, um, scooping things up and putting things into weighing machines and all that. Um, it, and, and it's quite big. It, um, in actual fact, you need to be a bit careful that it's not too big to fit in the container that you've got it's about um three or four inches across and it's about a foot long it's quite a big scoop but anyway yeah if you've got any i use it for cereals and that works really well because my cereal thingies are quite big and, and open yeah. um and it, and it um, allows you to scoop things not much you can say about a scoop really a plastic scoop for three quid it's just handy when needed well thank you for sharing the latest scoop <laughs> <laughs> I want one, I want one, I want one, I want one of those.
Now, of course, I want an electric car. Who doesn't? Probably a lot of people, but I do. But that's not what I'm bringing. I'm bringing you Polestar, which is, I believe, <laughs> I only learned this week, is a make of electric car. But what I find amazing and what I want straight away on my beloved Volvo is the pixel, is the two pixel LED headlamp system. Oh, no, it's, I don't quite know which is what. It's the Polestar 2 pixel LED headlights, but I think the Polestar 2 is the car and the pixel LED headlights are the headlights and um, they are just amazing. Now, I've watched quite a bit on YouTube and I've looked on the web and in fact, I had trouble finding out. I, I was interested to know the technology and exactly how it works and I had trouble finding it out. But in essence, it's voodoo magic. The, the, you've got these wonderful bright uh, road filling LED lights, but when traffic comes towards you, they they seem to have a series of box areas and the lights automatically and immediately block out the areas which would be dazzling the oncoming car. So as the car passes, there's a little sort of black box pointing at that car. And as soon as the car's passed, you get your full lights again. Wow. And I think it also works when you're going around corners or when you're passing other things. Other, I think if you take a tight corner and you're likely to dazzle a pedestrian who's coming the other way, it will it will turn, it will black out the various, the, the, the correct box area in order not to do that. It just beautifully clever, intelligent, um, magic headlights, which I'd like to have fitted to my car. I'm sure I can't, which is why I bring them to I want one of those, because I don't think it's possible. Preferably, I'll just have the Polestar 2 car and then I get the headlamps with it. But aren't these fun, Ted? The the technology looks quite amazing if if it's um, if it works um, reliably and it does you know it's the end of dazzling people not only oncoming cars but also pedestrians that, that are just walking along that that's amazing I mean that that just changes an awful lot about radius doesn't yes. it Yes and I mean I, I'm one of those people who says I don't like as people know who know me I hate automation I want to do things I want to spell check myself on my phone and on my computer and I don't want my car to drive for me. However, something like this, because things happen so quickly and so frequently, I, I look at it as a technical assistance rather than a technology taking over from the driver. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'd like it right now, please. Very good. I, I, I have to admit that I've failed to look at your link to a YouTube video, but we'll put that in the show notes and I will watch it after the show um, to, to um, home in on what this is more about and see it in action you were too busy doing your housework weren't you ted i was and the the in order to do my housework going forward i would like to have the world's first twin turbine powered robot vacuum <laughs> uh, stinky link from you well <laughs> thank done. you sir um thank you. the uh, now introduced by anchor for some reason i got an email from anchor that introduced this company called ufi e-u-f-y and they've produced this new vacuum cleaner called the ufi robovac x8 hybrid you know why anchor sent it to you because anchor are very ufi with the new technology <laughs> <laughs> sorry <clears throat> right so this is a, a high-functioning um, um, robo vacuum cleaner, the X8 Hybrid. It's also a mop, 
believe it or oh. not. So it's, it does wet and dry. Um, and I'm not, I couldn't quite get to the information about how you deal with that afterwards when there's wet stuff in it. But um, anyway, the, the AI of the, um, uh, the, 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 the unit learns about the shape of your home and the yes. rooms and blah, blah, blah. It's co- controlled by a, a phone app, of course. <laughs> what else? Um, there is a one-minute video, which I'll link to in the show notes, which makes it look really, really impressive. And where other, you know, other makes and models wow us with the concept. But this, this one, if you look at the video, it's actually quite convincing. I know that um, marketing videos are supposed to do that, but it does actually, in this case, look very powerful and useful and different to most of those other ones out there. It is 500 quid. Um, so it jolly which will is very, work at that price, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it should do, yeah. Um, and it just looks, just looks the part. However, before you feed back, I will say one further thing is that it's round. And I've been thinking to myself, if you've got a round vacuum cleaner, what happens in the corners? Ah, you just, swine, sir. Went... That was going to be my... <laughs> That was going to be me right. pulling you up on that. Exactly what I thought. Why Why? How, why have robotic vacuum cleaners not got onto that and made square edges? Yes. Why are they all round? I guess they're round because they can turn in all directions. It doesn't matter which way they're going and blah, blah, blah. But actually, in those corners, you still need to do vacuuming. Uh, that seems a bit of a miss to me. I think these would be fantastic and the va- vacuums like this in general would be fantastic for big, you know, halls and big areas where there isn't much going on. But I mean, looking around my studio now, there are nooks and crannies and little bits that go in and little bits that come out. And I just couldn't imagine a unit like this coping no. with it. Exactly. So let us know, dear listener, if you know of a robotic vacuum cleaner thingy that is actually not round because they all seem to be round. <laughs> Still using and still using. I'm bringing something on for the third time. I don't know if that's a first, but... Third well, time. Well, it's a third time altogether. Uh, show 69, 27th of October, Year of Our Lord, 2018. Um, I brought the Edling or Edling, telescopic back scratcher which I remember describing as a car aerial with a fork on the end of it, which it really is. That's exactly what it is. And uh, they're great. I mean, I have a I think it may ultimately be a medical condition of some kind, but there's a little itchy part of my back that ever since I was a teenager, I've constantly wanted to itch and scratch. Um, You know, and I've often done this blue bear thing up against door frames trying to scratch my back. And so I've got these things, one in my bedroom, one in my studio. And they're amazing. And I brought it back onto the show. I brought it as a still using on the on show 125, 27th of November last year. And I bring it again this year. I'm sorry, I'm going to bring this thing on every year because it's possibly one of the best things I've ever, ever had on whatever works. £2.99, <laughs> car aerial with a fork on the end for scratching your back. Absolutely perfect. Love it. Yeah, I, on the back of this, on one of back? your bringing, <laughs> yeah, on the back of one of your bringing up of this, we got some of these. I think for a Christmas present, Mum and Dad. <laughs> and I see when I when I go into their bedroom now and again um, to do the vacuuming or whatever, I see them on the side there, and I must ask them, do they actually are they just sat there for for effect, or do they actually yes, use them? Yes. So, so I'll go and check that out and feed back to you and let you know. But yeah, they, they, I know that when I, they first had them, they were raving about them and said they're a great idea, certainly. So I'm still, still using. 
Yeah, yeah, well done. Um, incidentally, while you were talking there, you mentioned AD, and it reminded me about something that I saw in the news um, this um, last month or so, which is, and I didn't know, apparently it's a thing, is that they're changing BC to try and take the religion out of the, the calendar um, and it, it being all based on one religion and, and calling BC and AD BC. Mm-hmm. They changed it, I don't know if you know this, to BCE. Oh. And, and we're supposed to say BCE now, which apparently means, it stands for, before the current era. And, yeah, it's an attempt to take the religion out of, oh. out of the, the dating system. I was just thinking of BC as being before COVID these days, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in to see if anyone knows anything about it or, or Thank not. Thank you very much. Do feedback. That was, it was, it was right. My singing uh, brought that on, did it? I'll have to bear that in mind. I've, <laughs> I've got another um, German word for you to pronounce. Gruntek. Gruntek anvil pruning loppers. You may remember in May 2018, I brought in the Gruntek anvil pruning loppers to Whatever Works 60. I used them again this week to trim back a damson tree at Mum and Dad's, and um, it was a good job. Surprisingly powerful. These loppers, um, they, they, they don't do. They didn't do the the, the most. I, I did have to get the saw out to do a couple of thicker ones, but apart from those it did almost everything else they're really powerful disproportionately powerful there's something about them you close the things together and you think no it will never cut that it will never go through that and sure enough you press it together and it goes straight through well i can see there's a sort of ratchet couple of cog things at the top i presume that's how it does it it's to do with um leverage of some kind yeah i think it is it adds some yeah i'm not yeah. sure how it works but it but it does and and it's disproportionately effective amazing you just and don't know your now... own strength ted that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> they're they're um they're they're 20 quid and um you can also change the um, the, the the head of it as well in order to make it either V-shaped or flat-shaped depending on what you're yes. doing. Um, and, and they're not massive ones. They're, they're hand-held ones. So they're only about, I don't know, um, two foot long. Um, and they, they, yeah, they have been really handy. Handy! handy. Very good. Okay, I've whinged about motorways for two shows running. My second auto whinge, my second biggest gripe, is people who don't park considerately. I don't necessarily mean don't park well. I just mean who park as if, oh, there's no one else around. I can just take up as much space as I want. I was um, I was sat at a, at a cafe. Um, I put a picture in our recording notes, which I'll see if we can find have, have, have it make its way onto the MeWe group. I was sat at a cafe and just on the left of the picture, you can see the backside of my Volvo parked. And um, there was another car, a red car, a good, good, good couple of car lengths away. And this lady arrived in a tiny little smart car and parked in the middle of that space got out and went into the shops and so I just turned around and took a picture which Ted I know you're looking at in our recording notes today and hopefully we can put on me we for the good listeners to see why I'm so infuriated by this and it happens as well you go to a car park and all right maybe the car park hasn't got that many cars in it at the time but you notice people who've parked across lines and it's just that's all it is there's no there's no need to rant and rave park considerately people that's all (laughs) Now, your example here is a parking area where there are no 
um, cordoned off actual yes, sections of because car Because people sizes. should be sensible now, enough not to need them. Yeah. So if you, um, what I was going to say was that if you if you actually go to a place where there are sections marked off for size of cars, it might become a bit more difficult because, you know, you, you unless you happen to have two smart cars at the same time, yes. you're not going to get you're not going to get two cars in there anyway. When when I had a smart car, you may remember some years back, um, and I used to try and do this sideways parking. Oh, lovely! Thing. Yes, yes. And that, and that seemed to work because the length of the car front to back was no wider than your average car. And I quite often did that and, and backed into a, a parking nice, space. Yes. Um, uh, but, but, but the same thing applies, really, that it relied the, the big advantage of that would rely on two or three other smart cars coming along at the same time to be able to do the same yes. thing. Because everyone else's car is kind of normal size. Um, but yes, you're quite right. In a, in a situation like this photograph, um, she could have pulled up closer to the car in front. Because even right. even and if, as you say, even if there may not necessarily be enough room for a second car, who's to know that one of those two cars might drive away at any moment and increase the size yeah. of the space? Exactly. Selfish Indeed. woman. Indeed. What have you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw into room 101 the increasing cost of insurance. This is probably a recurring one, and I I just happened yesterday to get my renewal for my static home. Um, insurance for the park and they've kind of got you over a barrel a bit on this park because they they say to you you don't have to use our recommended insurer but if you don't then you don't get the benefits of the staff being able to enter your caravan and you also don't get um, um, a a check on your um, gas boiler thrown in and blah 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 so they've got you over a barrel but in order to get you over this barrel they've um They've, they've increased the cost of this insurance. Now, I, I moved up here four years ago, and I think the first time I paid the insurance was three years ago, and it was 350 quid. The renewal this year, which is three years later, not four, is 500. So there's been a hike of 150 yeah. quid in the course of um, a, um, a course of about three years. I just think that's outrageous that that amount of money of an increase can be in such a short space of time. You accept kind of incremental updates, you know, I- I- inflation rate yeah, stuff. Yeah. That you you think fair enough, but you know when they hike it to that degree, um, it just encourages people to claim on insurance. I think when they don't, they might not want to or need to. And and I did actually claim for a, um, a replacement shower on on this insurance, and maybe that has something to do with it. I've got no no yeah. claims or something. But, but anyway, the, the, the um, thing that gets my goat is that if I in exactly your position, went to them now and said, I'd like to insure my static home, you can bet it would be less. Because this is the thing that really irks me about a lot of insurance companies, is the people who are the loyal customers who are insuring year after year after year watch their premium go up. But if a new customer comes along, they go, oh, well, you can have it for half that price. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, Room 101 for that. Um, I don't know if we've got anything to give a gold star to, have we? If so, we'll do a jingle. The longest jingle in the world, <coughs> and cough, te- cough is cough is tedding in the background. 
and while coughed heads, um, yeah, I'm I, a long story. I won't bother telling. But ladies and gentlemen, I was a little bit stupid on Facebook Marketplace this week, and I got myself fleeced. Um, I don't hold it against Facebook. Uh, there are good and there are bad eggs in in eBay and AliExpress and Facebook and Amazon and all these places. You just have to take care. And I was a bit of a twit, and I didn't. That's a story I needn't tell. But the story I want to tell is that having lost two hundred and fifty pounds. I got on the web and what can I do and who can I report it to? And I th and I, I thought, well, I'd better phone my bank and I know I won't be able to get anything back because I stupidly paid by a cash transfer, but I can at least try. So help me, I got my money back. I rang the Halifax. The waiting time was long, but that was nothing to do with the fact that it was for fraud or, you know, that I'd been an idiot. It just took a long time to get through to the bank. And then when I spoke to a very, very lovely lady in fraud, she had to keep me waiting for quite some time as well while she did some paperwork and did some made some investigations. But the point is, it was a 56 minute phone call. But by the time I hung up the receiver, the money was back in my account. During the course of the call, the lady um, got, took down all the necessary details, my bank, his bank, blah, 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 blah. And before I'd hung up, she said the money should be going back into your account very soon. And I had a little ping on my phone and it was indeed there. So I want to give a gold star to Halifax or Halifax slash fraud department for fantastic service and getting the money back from some idiot twat who didn't pay enough attention online. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well done, well done to Halifax. Actually, that reminds me of, um, and good, good for them. Yeah, that reminds me about a, a situation this week where I was trying to pay for something on PayPal. I don't normally pay for things on yeah. PayPal, but I thought, why not? I'll do that. And so I needed to top up my PayPal by twenty quid to pay for this thing. So I went to my bank and um, I went to the to the link to 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 to, to transfer the money from my mm -hmm. bank. And when I did it to try and move this twenty quid across. It said, this will arrive in seven days uh? into your PayPal. <laughs> and I what? thought, what is Santander doing? So if you, if you move money the other way from PayPal into my, into my Santander account, it does it instantly, just like you're describing. Instant transfer, yeah. no problem at all. But it seems like doing it the How other bizarre. way, moving from, from Santander to PayPal, seven days. It's like going back to about 1980 and... I have to wait for things to happen. I bet the root of that um, is all to do with who gets the interest on certain amounts of money and which account they stay in longest so they'll get the interest and not you. Or it may be something to do with um, PayPal not being a real bank. And there are some things that they don't really do, like a, a, a main clearing bank weird. does the same See, way. See, my PayPal is, is linked to my bank, so I just buy stuff on PayPal and it automatically comes. So is mine. And it, but it's instant. Everything is instant. And if I have to pay somebody and I pay them on PayPal, it's always click your fingers and it's there. How bizarre. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. They just don't like you, Ted. That's all it is. No, this this was not a um, an auto top up yeah, like you're yeah. describing. This this was actually me trying to move some cash across. Anyway, it might be a Santander thing. There you go. Anyway, there was your gold star. Well done. I think we've come I to the end have. of this show. We're up to about an hour nearly, as usual. And if you'd like to talk, let us let us. Um, I'll say that again. <laughs> it really isn't your day, is it, Ted? Turn your teeth the other way up and put them back. If you would like to allow us to bring your items of whatever works to the next show, which will be back in two weeks' time, then do bring them to us in the MeWe group. If you're not already a member of the MeWe group, then do join up and join the fun over there. Let us know whatever works in your life. Um, and if you don't know where the MeWe group is, then there's links in the, link in the show notes to that. There's also links to all of our MeWe groups and 
all of our audio podcasts um, in at tedsalmon.com. So you can find me and that there. And you can find whatever Aidan Bell um, country he's visiting <laughs> this week. Uh, AidanBell.com. And, and book him up for your Christmas birthday. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Have a good fortnight, everybody. Okay, don't forget. Whatever, whatever works, works. works. We're getting better at that. Yeah.